This is the Minister's Crucible. I'm Fred Rochester. Thanks for listening. Today, I want to discuss qualifications for New Testament ministry. Qualifications for New Testament ministry. So if you go in your Bibles to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 3, we will begin to see uh, the qualifications that Timoth- uh, that Paul rather uh, told Timothy uh, to uh, make sure that uh, when he's a select when he's selecting elders uh, into the ministry that these individuals are qualified and so we're going to look not only at the text in terms of the qualification but we're going to look back in a little bit of biblical history so that we can uh, uh, pretty much uh, put on a solid path uh, Biblically correct qualifications for New Testament ministry. All right. First Timothy chapter three, verse one. This is a faithful saying, saying, if a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. But now notice what Paul said here. He said, if a man, he didn't say if a woman, he said, if a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. So we know that there is a difference between male and female. Uh, There are differences of roles in the church. And we see predominantly that males are individuals that are called into ministry. Now you can argue all you want. You can probably use scripture to justify Uh, women being bishops or apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But your argument doesn't hold water when you run into 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, where it says, this is a faithful saying, if a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. So we all know that there is a distinction between male and female, But the first qualification here is that he must be a male. No questions about this. Now, again, you can argue, well, there's women in the ministry and you can argue that even from the book of Galatians. In fact, Galatians chapter uh, three and verse 26 says this, starting there, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And this scripture has been used, uh, quite honestly abused to make it seem as if women are included in ministry. But what is this talking about? Look at verse 26, for you are all sons of God. And and, and so uh, when you look at it from the perspective of all of us, male and female, are sons of God, this has nothing to do with ministry. This has everything to do with an individual in Christ, but not along the lines to use this scripture as a qualification for women to be in ministry. This is talking about sons of God in the body of Christ. It has no reference or or you can look anywhere up and down. This only has a reference to people being in the body of Christ, 
not a qualification to be in ministry. Why? Because it is inconsistent with first Timothy chapter three and verse one. If a man desires to be a bishop, he desires the good, a good work. So if, if it were the case for women to be in ministry, then Paul would have included uh, the gender or included females to be in ministry. So there's a difference, there's a distinction. So you can't use this one verse of scripture to justify, uh, uh, justify it as a qualification to be in ministry. This has everything to do with an individual being in the body of Christ. There's neither male nor female, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free. You are all sons, as it says in verse 26. So we got to be very careful never to uh, make a scripture or attempt to make a scripture work when it doesn't work in this text. Let's go back to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. Let's read the rest of this. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife. It didn't say the wife of one husband. It says the husband of one wife. And so again, if you're trying to uh, swap the genders, it doesn't work here because you're taking the scriptures out of its place. Again, remember what it says in Proverbs chapter 30 and verse six, uh, do not add to his words lest you be found a liar. So again, verse two, a bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, which means control, self-control, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up in pride, he fall into the same condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. So you can't use Galatians chapter three, verse 26, 27, uh, as a way to make it appear as if women were called into the ministry. And so here's, so that's the rule. You, you can't add, you can't swap, you can't reason and you can't argue about what is etched in scripture. To do so is a violation of Proverbs chapter 30 and verse six. Do not add to his words, lest you be found a liar. Here's another qualification here in the book of Titus. Titus chapter one, Paul gives Titus the qualification for elders. Beginning at verse five in chapter one of, of the book of Titus. For this reason, I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. If a man, didn't say woman, 
It said, if a man is blameless, the husband of one wife. Well, where did, he, where did that come from? First Timothy chapter three, right? So Paul is consistent with this. The husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of dissipation or insubordination. For a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word as he has, as he has been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine, both to exhort and convict those who contradict. So, um, these are, are the qualifications that were given, uh, to both Timothy and to Titus to raise up leadership within the church. And we see that the first qualification in verse one of first Timothy chapter three, that he, now let's go over into first Peter chapter five, beginning at verse one, the elders who are among you, I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. These are the qualifications that are in the Bible. Now, whether or not you agree with these qualifications is completely up to you. You can do whatever you want. But when it comes to the qualifications that are in the word of God, they are etched in stone and God is not going to change any, any of it to suit what you want to do with it. And so here's the reason why we must be very careful uh, not to fall prey uh, and, and do things the way that we want to do it. And, 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 and next thing you know, we have a whole lot of problems that arise in the church for no good reason. And, and, and so we have to be very, very careful to make sure that we apply the scriptures and apply them correctly. And because if we apply the scriptures correctly, then we won't run into a whole lot of trouble. We won't run into a whole lot of problems. Now go over into first Corinthians, first Corinthians chapter five, uh, chapter 14. And we will see why uh, the Bible is very clear that, that women are not to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now look at this in first uh, Corinthians chapter 14, beginning at verse 26. How is it then brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a Psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification or building up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or at the most three, each in turn and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church 
and let him speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. You can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. Now, do women prophesy? Evidently, yes. There is a scripture in the book of Acts that um, uh, Philip had four daughters that prophesied. No question about that. Uh, you see in Acts chapter two, where it quotes from the book of Joel chapter two, that the spirit will come upon the sons and the daughters, but that's only in the area of the, of prophecy. Now prophecy, according to first Corinthians chapter 14, verse one is given unto men for edification, exhortation, and comfort in first Thessalonians chapter five. Uh, the Bible says, do not despise prophecy, but it also says to test all things and to prove all things. So we got to be very, very careful to stick, to stay in line with the scriptures. Just because a person prophesies doesn't mean that they're in the ministry. And, and so, or, or, or just because a person prophesies, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a prophet of God. And, and so we have to really stick with the scriptures along the lines of how it was written and how it was given and never, never cross the line into adding to the scriptures. Now, uh, verse uh, 32 in first Corinthians chapter 14, and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. And then verse 34, let your women keep silent in the churches for they are not permitted to speak, but they are to be submissive as the law also says. And if they want to learn something, let them ask their husbands at home for it is shameful for women to speak. <coughs> Excuse me. Or did the word of God come originally from you or was it only you that it reached? If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. But if anyone is ignorant, let him be ignorant. So we got to be very, very careful along these lines and not, in, and not allow ourselves to intrude into areas um, where we can really have problems in terms of understanding uh, the proper teaching of the scriptures. So uh, there's another scripture that we need to um, uh, tap into. And, and um, we're going to find this in the, uh, uh, the book, I believe, of 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2 and verse 12. Uh, once again, uh, instead of uh, starting in verse 12, let's start at verse 8. I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. I, in like manner, also, the women adorn themselves in modest apparel. So it is good for women to come and to pray. It is good for women to come in and lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. No problems with that scripture at all. But this is the uh, kind of uh, modesty that they should come into the house of God with. In like manner also that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel with propriety and moderation, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing, 
but which is proper proper for women professing godliness with good works. Verse 11, let a woman learn in silence with all submission. And I do not permit a woman to teach or to have, have authority over a man, but to be in silence. Well, why is that? Well, verse 13, for Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the women being deceived fell into transgression. Nevertheless, she will be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with self-control. Now, this is not saying that a woman, if they give birth, they're saved. It doesn't, that, that's, that doesn't make any kind of sense. It's, this is talking about the, the birth of Christ. So, so now you have an understanding. And so here's the reason why that uh, uh, Paul doesn't want women to have authority over them. It's because they're the ones that have a role in terms of teaching other women how to manage and, and deal with the house, but they're not allowed to go into the area of ministry. And, and so there's a lot of controversy about this. There's a lot of argument about this, but where the scriptures is solid, we need to learn how to stay within the confines of the scriptures. And so there's, there's also a, a, a very important uh, uh, word that we can give along the lines of, of where women can uh, can minister, where where women can um, minister to other women, and it it is in the book of Titus, and and Titus gives us a, a clue as to what uh, women can do as far as um, their role and their place uh, in in the um, in the body of Christ. All right. So now in the, in Timothy chapter two, beginning at verse one, but as for you, speak the things which are proper, proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience. The older women, likewise, and here's, here's the role, the older women, likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. So, so that's the role. And if we can learn how to stay within our roles, then things will flow better. And, and so I know that there's a lot of women that say, well, I'm called by God. Well, here's here's a scripture that you need to uh, uh, judge yourself by, because if you would take the time to judge yourself by these scriptures, then you you will begin to see that uh, uh, either uh, you're producing the kind of fruit that is expected of ministers or you're not one of the two. So. Uh, in Matthew chapter seven, verse 15, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep, sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit 
is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Now, you may very well be producing some kind of fruit, but uh, you got to look at it from the standpoint of the qualifications of uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, Titus chapter 1, starting at verse 5, and 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 1. Put yourself in the position and look at the qualifications. If you do not line up to those qualifications, then you're not called into the ministry. Because again, look at 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. He that, des that desires the office of a bishop desires a good thing. A and so he, it didn't say she, and again, you cannot use Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 and 27 uh, uh, as a way by which you can say, well, women are called into the ministry. We see consistently with, with scripture that when Jesus selected 12 apostles, he selected 12 men. And we see consistently in scripture that men are at the forefront of ministry. And so let's not add to the scriptures according to Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 6. Because if you add to the scriptures, you will be found a liar by God. Now, I know you're going to struggle with this. But again, the only thing I ask that you do is line up the qualifications with your gender. And if you see that it doesn't line up, then it is clear that you're not an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, te teacher, elder, bishop, or deacon. This is the Minister's Crucible. I'm Fred Rochester. Thanks for listening.